Are you seeking advice? Are you looking for guidance, someone to help you make the most of your life? Do you need a mentor? You are in the right place. You have found the Mentor Project Podcast. We are here to enlighten the path of those that seek advice in their lives. More people need help these days than ever before. Join us for a unique discussion. All you have to do is sit back and relax. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome everybody to The Mentor Project. This is episode number 001. Um, This is a two year in the making um, show that has been put together from myself as Mark Warner and uh, Wes Badke, which is also the co-host of this show. And um, we also have a third person, which wasn't original to this show, as we talk about this series that we're going, but this is Robert Mesh, also known as the Smoker Broker. Hey, everybody, how's everybody going today? Doing awesome. Thanks, Mark. Fantastic. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. So the Mentor Project. Let me tell you a little bit of background. That's what this show is about today. It's an overview about who we are, what we are, where we're going, and what we're going to do. The who, what, where, why, and how. Uh, The Mentor Project. We started this idea, Wes and I, on Clubhouse app which originally was available on Apple. Um, and I believe, Wes, five, six, seven, eight months later, it finally moved on Android, but maybe it was a year. I can't remember exactly. Do you? Yes, something like that. I think it was, yeah, like eight months, 10 months of uh, beta in Apple. And then they moved it over to Android and, and opened it up on Android. So Right. It's so been... Probably uh, a year and a half total since we've actually. Yeah, because I think I got the invite somewhere at the end of 2020. And then I remember getting officially on around January 2021. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I used it all last year. Um, this was a pre-pandemic or during pandemic type of a situation where people were able to collaborate and chat and have audio. It's it's really a social media app with audio. That's it. There's. There's a little bit of details and background bios and pictures and stuff you can do, but it's really, uh, it's a podcast and an app platform for, for the most part. Um, and you can start recording and do things, but prior to all that, it was really kind of, you came in, you chatted with people, you talked, and then you moved on. And that's how Wes and I got involved. We got involved in several rooms in Clubhouse, chatted along the way, became very good colleagues, and I believe we become friends on uh on certain subjects. And if I saw him on Clubhouse, I would jump into the room, vice versa. And it was, uh, I think we had a couple of iterations of ideas. It wasn't kind of the the mentor project. It was, I have my live life, he has his philosophy. And we just kind of kept going back and forth. And we had something called, you're going to laugh when you hear this, guys, the boss bitches. And uh, it was, it really wasn't an idea. It was a, a one o'clock in the morning, there was like four women in there and like five or six men. And we were, you would think that we were drunk, but we weren't. We were just audio sleepy. Um, and it was just like, you know, one person went out and said, well, I, I created the boss bitch room. And no, no, it needs to be the boss bitches. So then all of a sudden we had these two rooms and it worked for a while until um, some friends and colleagues didn't get along. And then Wes and I found ourselves kind of on the outskirts going, okay, what do we do? Where do we go? And we never had the name, but we just kind of kept having these ideas. And um, I believe if Wes were, were, tell me if I'm right, because I think 
I remember I had an idea of a logo on something else. And then I said, it reminded me something. And then we kind of came up with the idea of the mentor project. So it wasn't like a long thought out product. Uh, the idea was there, but the logo and the branding and the name wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically we had our concept all figured out. And then over the course of like a weekend, I basically sat down and kind of, you know, put pen to paper and tried to figure out, well, what would actually work for a name for what we want to accomplish? And I was, you know, putting our names together and trying to figure out, you know, would it be Mark and the Last Podcast or, you know, how would this all fit together so that people know that it's us, but also try to fit in the concept at the same time with the name. And so yeah. using, our, using our names just didn't really, it didn't, it didn't work, didn't fit. So uh, I, came, I came up with the mentor project uh, just through process of elimination, basically cutting out words and adding words where they needed to be. And, and uh, yeah, I went and presented it to Mark and he, he loved it. He fell in love with the name and then uh, it was a matter of, again, another night, basically, and Mark came up with uh, the basis of our logo. And that, so I had it backwards. So you came to me with that, then I turned around and created the logo. But I, I remember working on another logo, um, and if you look at the logo, it's we have an M in there, and it may look like two mountains, but it's for mentors. Um, and then... I saw the architectural bars and it really, to me, it was like a circle, circle of people getting together, uh, mentoring other people. And then we kind of liked the purple color. It was kind of something that was vibrant, something that made people happy, exciting. Um, yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a trendy color. I would say yeah, if, you, if you're yeah, watching exactly. any kind of, any kind of broadcast you would see on TV, whether it be sports or whatever you, you know, there, there are certain vibrant colors that, uh, journalists and, and media companies tend to use, and, and this kind of purple colors tends to be one of the, the more popular ones as well. So. Yeah, I never thought the colors were that big of a deal, but you know, it's funny, McDonald's always has made a big deal about their colors like their red and yellow, it means a lot of uh, happiness and eating. And you know, I never thought much about it until uh, I did do a lot more in business and management and marketing. And it's funny that it, it does uh, have an impact. You know, it's funny listening to you guys from the outside how y'all got together. I think it's so great that when you have people who you don't have to necessarily agree with someone a hundred percent. In fact, I think those are the most boring people that yeah, exactly. a hundred percent. It's almost like they're procrastinating, you know, just to, to endure you instead of telling what they really feel. But what I really like is the fact that you guys were in with another group that you did not get. There was too many uh, disruptions and it separated you away. Sometimes that's a good separation unless you concentrate on what you want to talk about and it will be honest opinions. I really thought that was interesting listening to you talk about that in that brief intro. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's, been, it's been a work in progress. I mean, I, I can't tell you that last summer, Wes and I would probably come up with five or six ideas and then we would roll off the top of our tongue and then we would move on and then we wouldn't talk about it for a while. And then something else, we'd be in another chat room and then we'd start talking and, and you get inspired when you hear other people being inspired and, and talking positive things. And so it just kept it just kept skyrolling around and around in a circle where finally I said, hey, Wes, we got to do something. Um, I think there's something here. And so it was interesting. Um, and we'll kind of come back on this in a little bit. But we just had a conversation in a chat room about two weeks ago. 
And I barely mentioned the fact of being the mentor project. And some of the key people that were in that chat room were also inspired. There was, and I forget exactly, Wes may have to refresh my mind, but we, there was a topic that was the discussion and it was about uh, being um, introvert and extrovert. Oh yeah, right. Okay. And I was, and I was, I, I'm intrigued to hear what other people think because some people perceive introvert and extrovert as totally two different things and what they really mean. Um, we all have our values and we all have our meanings, right? Um, so anyways, we're going to come back to that. So let's just start off with, we kind of talked a little bit about what the mentor project is and um, where it's going. Well, this is a podcast and there's three of us, myself, Mark Warner, Wes Badke and Robert Mesh. Well, we come from three different areas. I'm coming from Michigan, United States. Wes is coming from Canada. Specifically, I know you have a new place. So what is it? It's I'm still in the same place in Nelson, British Columbia, Canada. Okay, there you go. And then Robert uh, coming from um, Frisco, Texas, Plano, Texas area, but the DFW area for for all those intents and purposes because he's all over the place. I am. I am. Uh, he's all over Texas, by the way. Yeah. I don't even know. Have you ever been out of Texas, Robert? We're starting to. We just got okay. Denver, okay. so we're trying to start pushing a little bit further, but probably uh, yes. a little ways away from that. Have right you even traveled into another state in the United States? Outside well, yeah, of uh, when I was with Foot Locker, I was in every nook of the. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere I have not been. In the okay, States. so there's uh, that, right? So it's interesting because I've been in 38 states. How many you been in? I've been in all of them. I've been in every one. Oh, of them. you are just nothing I've but a crack all the good and the bad parts too with Foot Locker just repeating foot actions. So. I'm surprised you haven't traveled state to state to find who's got the best barbecue. Well, I mean, you, know, I, you could look at it as being biased, but a lot of people will always favor towards the South. I mean, because any of the yeah, Southern true. hubs are where they started. But, you know, there are Northern hubs that do very well. And I am biased. I do believe Texas has the best barbecue. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's start off with, and I'm going to put Robert on the spot. I've known Robert for a few years. He has been a client of mine through KBGI Radio, KBGI Media, um, which is the name's changed into recently in the last couple of years. He does podcasting and video casting and has uh, talked about the brokerage area, the mortgage, the financing, the, the uh, maintenance, the home building, the buying, the selling, the getting real estate agents. And he's got a unique business, but... He also is a great chef when it comes to barbecue. So, Robert, in a few short words and all, why don't you tell everybody? I gave him the short teaser. Why don't you yeah. tell everybody who you? Yeah, are? it's the most it's the most unusual type of combination because you know I get I, I do wear my my brand everywhere uh, just because a lot of people recognize me in Dallas, Fort Worth, that way, and anywhere I go. But it's interesting if if people will see it. You know, the first perception I get a lot of times: Do we do vape? Uh, sometimes I get, uh, are we doing the, uh, marijuana fields and it, it, you know, I'm like, it's completely opposite of that. It really has nothing to do with those things. It's funny when we went to trademark for federal trademark, the assistant to the, the trademark attorney, she's like, I'm just not comfortable, you know, trademarking, you know, marijuana or drugs or anything. And she's like, he's a really good barbecue real estate guy. And it's an, un, it's just the most awkward, uh, combination, but it made a name. It made the best oh. name. Uh, I get so many comments on my name, and it was a joke when we did it. We we thought it was. I, I I've told this story before, and it's just, it's the quickest one. But I got the name by, you know, I played cards with friends for the many years, you know, thirty years or so. And one time I went to the edge of the table, and someone said, 
hey, Smoker, how's it going? And then someone on the other end said, hey, I thought you were a broker. And it became Smoker Broker ever since then. And it's carried well. Started real estate a long time ago, about 20 years after I left the accounting world. And a uh, complete joke, complete accident. I actually left because Jester Feet threw me out uh, because they couldn't handle their stuff very well and they collapsed. And I backed my way into real estate. I'm trained really in accounting and finance, but as a joke, I ended up doing real estate and here I am 20 years later. And I do run what's considered to be one of the largest uh, Keller Williams teams in the country. It just so happens by coincidence that about 10 to 15 years ago, a few of my friends uh, started the competitive barbecuing. I'm never really shy about that either. We did it because we enjoyed drinking and barbecue. Yeah, and it, and it literally it, goes hand in hand. It does. Absolutely. It's Where's the potato salad? Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and it just so happened that uh, the times that we're just probably sober enough during those competitions, we actually do very well. We have a lot of uh, championships and grand championships, and we also have a lot of terrible losses when we screwed off too much. But it was the mm -hmm. fun side of life because all of us have a serious job. So it's a strange combination, but it works and it's fun, and it's things I really love doing. And it really does fit into what y'all are talking about because right. from an standpoint, that's all I do all day long. 150 people times everybody in their lives and their families and their clients. And it just goes, those, goes and goes. So it's a perfect space for me to discuss and talk because everything you talk about relates to the world that I live in. And don't, don't I remember correctly that you're one of the, not just one of the largest in Keller Williams groups, as far as having one of the largest teams, but you also have the largest number of part-time agents that come to your organization. I do. I do. And, and I have a, uh, I'm very uh, passionate about that because that's how I got into it. I could have never made it uh, full-time. There's no surprise. Real estate takes a long time to get into it. Does. Why most people fail. And you know, it's amazing how many brokers tell somebody, well, you'll never make it full time. I'm like, well, how the hell did I get here? I only made a few million here and there. You know, why is it that I could do it? So I had a chip on my shoulder and I ended up specializing on it. And it's become a niche that a lot of people uh, uh, have taken to. You know, I, my greatest pride in it is not the fact that it's been successful for financial reasons, but it has given many people a job opportunity to get, to get, to get away from corporate that they never would have had had I not taken the same path. And that's yeah. probably my greatest uh, legacy to anybody is giving that back to them. And truth, truth yes. I appreciate that. But I'm sorry, Wes. Yeah, I'm just saying it makes total sense that uh, everything aligned that way and um, you know fit with everybody else that you were working with because they, they saw, like you said, that, that same avenue, that same path that um, – worked for you and obviously it's going to work for them too. And you're right too. And I'm not, a, uh, I'm by far a superstitious guy, but it is weird how it, it, it does seem to, it does seem to think that things do happen for a reason. I hate that because some people don't like that. Some people do, but it, there's a weird thing that it seems that it's out there. I don't believe much in karma, but I do believe it's out there. So I, don't, I don't know how to better say it. It's just, it is interesting how some of those things all collide with each other and then form something that's consistent with everybody. Absolutely. Well, you've done an amazing job to get where you are and you do have, you know, the industry itself is so jumbled all over the place, but you have had this one team. This is the reason why I wanted to come to you and ask you to come be a part of the mentor project because what you do in real estate and what's interesting, Wes, is just a few weeks ago, I had this detailed conversation with Robert 
And one of the things that we were talking about is some of the things he's missing on doing in social media, et cetera, and getting the word out is is really helping his team get out there. One thing is to help them get out there physically, but the other way is to help them get out there on the market. Why he has the perfect opportunity in his podcast and stuff to do that. Well, that just comes to this great bullet point. That's just what he's been doing for a long time. Yeah. He's always been doing it. He advises people, mentors them. And, you know, here's the thing. Robert is one of the few people that I can tell you that doesn't hold a long-term grudge, right? Yeah. Somebody may want to leave the company. He may be a little upset with that, but no one's left on a bad term. But yeah. the best part of it is he's always there if you want to come back or if you want to talk to him and still has advice because he wouldn't be where he is today if he wasn't supporting and mentoring and advising and coaching these people, even if they decide to go in a different direction. But Robert's always been there. Yeah, I always like to think that I had a, it wasn't intentional, but I had a very good background. I've been working, I'm in my fifties. I've been working since I was 15 years old. I've been supervising over 125 people since I was 18. And I've never had less than that, all that time frame. So, I mean, I've seen from a retail standpoint, working in grocery and retail from a financial uh, um, executive standpoint uh, with the athletic companies and then running my own company, you know, it's a background to me that's diverse enough to see all those problems. I do like to claim that there's not much I haven't seen or have to deal with. And I think it toughened me up over the years. And I think some things are not as worrisome as some people think. And I think other things should be more worried than they think. <laughs> After seeing all that, it really has helped over the years to be able to contribute and talk to other people about that stuff. Well, you've heard it from the smoker broker himself that at the age of eight years old, he started leading people. He <laughs> might as well be eight, eight years old and 200 pounds thinner. Probably when you, when you say you, you know, it's like funny because I'm 56 and some people ask how long have you been in the business? And I'll say, I don't know, 35 years. And I'll be, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm 56. Wow. Yeah. That's been about 30 years. That's Maybe 35. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mine's 35, 15, 50. Yeah. yeah. You have to think about it because used to, I would always say, you know, 10 or 15 years. Now, now it's longer stretch on things, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that leads me into Wes, Wes Badke. So tell us, I, I, I know you more on the clubhouse side. I know you more on the philosophy and talking and, and we have a lot of things that lined up together. Um, I know you've asked me some support and stuff about your company. You've developed your logo, got some hats and stuff, but tell me about Wes. What, where are you? What have you done in the industry? Give us the uh, the 2.0 of Wes of 2022. Okay, well, thanks for the introduction, Mark. So uh, basically I was at a crossroads in 2012 uh, after two years working for Walmart uh, in the kind of warehousing aspect, warehousing stock associate, back end sort of a guy, truck and loader. And you know, it was something that I had done for eight, 10 years prior um, and really didn't like the business, right? I, I didn't like what it was making me into, right? Um, and so what happened was, is that I had a conversation with my mother and she says, you know, you, you really enjoy sales and your passion is yachts. So why don't you try to sell yachts? So being already connected to the industry, having my father spend uh, seven years being an office manager for a yacht builder, it wasn't hard for me to talk to the right people right. And, and find out what I needed to do to get into the business. And so my first step into the business was, uh, uh, you know, doing a little bit of sales and, and um, marketing pro bono, just kind of doing it 
without being paid. Yeah, you know, we all have to start somewhere. Yeah, doing stuff without being paid uh, on a salary basis. And I was doing um, the sales and marketing for um, a charter company out of Vancouver uh, it's called Spirit Yacht Charters. Some people may, may have heard Spirit Yacht Charters out of Vancouver. They were running a 120-foot yacht that was actually movie-featured in a big Hollywood production called Hot Tub Time Machine. So that I thought, sounds like a movie. Yeah, it was a you know really good, really good film for uh, people that like to drink a lot and forget what they did the night before. And like so, Porky's Revenge, number three. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard that before. Yeah, so um, that was kind of my my start into the business and what uh, allowed me to kind of get initial exposure from other fellow people in the uh, yacht sales and charter business. Um, and so that led me into doing um, social media marketing for a virtual 360 um, video company, also based in the, the Vancouver, Victoria area. Uh, called Prestige, Vi Prestige Visions. And so they work for hospitality, for the auto industry, for yachts, and do 360 vi video. So it was my job to run their, their social media pages for, for two, two separate identities that they had. One was Prestige Visions. The other one was called um, Boat Show Avenue. Uh, and so from that, I went and got my certifications that would allow me to be a broker and I put word out with a bunch of different brokerage firms in the Vancouver area. And finally, one took me on as a junior broker. And that was basically 2013. So for two years, year and a half, I was basically doing all kinds of pro bono kind of, you know, free, getting, right. yeah, getting, getting my foot in the door, getting my name out there. And then finally, I became a broker in 2013. Uh, worked for the same company for six years. And then... Uh, like Mark was saying, around 2020, because the of the, yeah, the, the pandemic hit and that forced, um, well, my boss ended up closing down the brokerage firm in, in 2019. So I had about half a year to figure out what I was going to do. And then I ended up for, forming my own company. That's funny. It said somebody how similar the real estate is to it. I mean, no real estate agent would say they work pro bono, but that's all they do because they don't right. get it. They work, yeah, they work months and even years before they make money. And it's it's funny how you you said it because it, you, it was expected that you thought that was the way it had to be. It's funny, the agents, it's really the same thing for them. They just have the attitude that they're supposed to be paid immediately. I'm like, well, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you have Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you work your butt off and you'll eventually get paid. Yeah, yeah. Do the right thing. Exactly. So within my six years of uh, legitimately working as a broker uh, in, in the yacht space, uh, a lot of my contacts were complementary businesses, right? So uh, if it was a, a yacht villa, or, yacht villa, if it was a villa company that rented out high-end villas in the south of France, uh, that was a contact that I made sure I had and that I had a good working relationship with that company and, and the uh, the owners of that company so that that way I could offer that service on top of yacht charters and yacht sales. And so it just continued to grow. And I added yachts, the villas, uh, private helicopters and jets, um, and high-end cars. So if, if somebody wanted a 
a, um, a vintage rare classic car. That is something that I could source for somebody or if it was a, a build slot for like a, a Lycan supercar or uh, Aston Martin supercar that, you know, it's like one of five sort of deal. That is something right. that, that's something that I can provide for people as well. Yeah, that's something interesting. We started, uh, as we continue to evolve and grow, we've stuck to what we know best for the longest time, but even we've got to the point now where, like, what are the complementary businesses? Who are the people that benefit from us? Where do we benefit? And I have done a poor job of putting those things together because even the people that work with me, they've told me they go, we're losing a lot of money by not doing these things. So I thought it's interesting how you started expanding. We're, we're like in the middle of that right now, doing something very similar because, I, and, and I, this, since this is a mentoring show, I would hope that somebody takes something from this. I would like to think that I've been successful up till now. And I think that's a terrible failure on my part that I have not really looked at that side of it more and expanded quicker and faster because multiple income streams are everything. I mean, yes. not just count the one time, you know, you got to keep, and that's how I really, that's how real estate got here. It was another yep. income. I'm like, Hey, I didn't know it'd be the main one, but yeah, exactly. You know? I don't know that we ever plan on what we're doing for a living now is what we plan on being the main one, but you're right. You named something that's a perfect example. We can, we can talk about it later, but you know, having multiple streams of income, it's important these days. Yeah. And you're right. That's, I think that's the hardest question I ever get is when someone's coming out of school or in their late twenties or early twenties and they're like, what do you want to be? I'm like, don't ask me. It took me a good 10, 15 years. I don't know. A juggling clown. I mean, I honestly, yeah. well, well, here's a good ex example for you. There was a, I was on Twitter last night. I think it was last night. I saw the message and some woman, um, I think she's like a single mom. She had posted that she, she wants a stay at home job. Um, she doesn't want to do MLM because she, she feels awkward in sales. So yeah. sales is something that she's not comfortable doing. And, and really that's kind of like a, another fellow mentor out there that I, I value a lot. His name is Brad Lee. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have seen Brad Lee's videos out there on, uh, on Instagram and probably YouTube as well. But one thing he has said that really stuck with me is that everybody is in sales, whether they're yeah. uh, whether, whether whether they realize it or not. Because yeah. really, as soon as you come out of the womb, and this is his 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 words, is that as soon as you come out of the womb, you're crying, you're making communications to suggest that there's something that you want or that you need, right? Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> Never thought that's, of it that way. That's an awesome comment because. Uh, you know, I, I actually, and I've done this since I've been in this entire business. I've never wanted to be called a salesperson just because I'm like, oh, look, I'm here to, I'm here to help you. And to this day, I, I still don't think I've ever sold anybody anything. I, I think I've helped them with it. But what, what that, where that one guy you're talking about, and what you're talking about as well, really strives and hits home. Almost every time we meet somebody, right. we're selling. We start selling the moment we start talking to them and telling them what it is that we do or who we are. You're already starting in that first 30 seconds or so. So you're right. No matter what it is we're doing, it's selling one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. So for, you know, conversation's sake, when you're sitting around with a bunch of buddies and you're talking about the latest movie that you saw, you're like, oh, well, you got to see this movie because so-and-so is in it. Uh, this is in it. That's in it. 
this is the director. So you really got to go out and see it because it's your favorite director or something, right? So yeah, right. That, that again is sales, but- um, Same thing with the restaurant though. Oh, the script yeah. is great. I love the crab legs and y'all should, I mean, it, it's, it's might not be intentionally doing it, but you are, you know? Right. Yeah. Love so, yeah, so that was basically my point is that there was this woman out there who said she didn't really know what she wanted to do with her life. She wanted a stay-at-home job, just not sales because she didn't feel comfortable. So I, I, I think with the mentor project, people like us will have uh, um, good insights in, into where, where to help people just like, right. just, that, just that's like her. right. That's person alone right there. If, if she was on her, she called in or was talking to us, I would have absolutely said, hey, look, what you're saying doesn't have to execute the way you think it's going to. You actually probably are really good at doing the things you don't want to do, but you don't have to do them just like that. You can do something. It doesn't have to be MLM. It might back its way to MLM or it might be kind of like MLM, but you don't have to help. I don't think most people know about me. I can't stand most people. I want to know people that live in the country. I mean, <laughs> being, I mean uh. it's just like on Facebook. You would think that I love Facebook because I post a lot. I do it because it's good co-branding. I actually hate right. it all the time. So. You do it because there's somebody out there that says you have to do it if you want to sell in your business or at least to get exposure because there's no other way. Nobody cold calls anymore. Yeah, that right. lady doesn't necessarily have exactly. to feel like she can't do what she wants to. It just has to be presented in a way that she's doing what she thinks is right, and she still probably would end up doing the same thing and not even know it. Yeah, it's right. interesting. So this, this leads me into about me. Um, which is, these topics you guys are talking about, I, I already heard like 10 topics in there that we can, I know, I was right show, right? I'm like, just like, yeah. holy smokes, you guys are talking and you're going off the deep end. But at the same time, I'm hearing these comments going, okay, yep, check, yep, check. <laughs> All right. So I'm a corner, if you don't know already, um, podcaster, video, videographer, video caster, you can call me whatever you want to call it for years and years. I got into the radio business. Uh, before that, I was in the home improvement business for 11 years, had one of the largest North Texas home remodeling companies in the DFW area, and uh, pretty much traveled anywhere, but I stayed pretty much within 150-mile radius, 11 years, and then uh, I wanted to get out of the business, so I did. I, got in, I, I was in radio before in the late 90s, and then I spent many years not being in radio for a while. Um, in fact, I was on radio with a show called The Broad and Cast Live in Canada, by the way, Wes, um, on 97 point something. I don't remember. Um, and I don't even remember the affiliate company, but it was uh, this was back when Internet was just coming out uh, in the U.S. We just had the at home network and it was the slowest uh, just outside of uh, dial up one of the first <laughs> broadbands. And I used to amp to connect to a digital service through their Winamp on their end in Canada. And then we broadcasted live. Um, I, I got my fame in radio when I was asked when the broad and broad and, and the cast, um, which was original. And I came in later on uh, within three or four years after they started the show. And they asked me if I would want to produce a show. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm great as a co-host or anything. I don't know about producing. They're like, oh, no, just play music and talk to people and everything. Um, what do you think about 8, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m.? And I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> That's like graveyard shift. He goes, oh, well, okay, well, you can start later, but, you know, we really, I said, wait a minute, so you don't have anybody for the middle of the night? She goes, no. So I started off. This is a Venus flytrap. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, my God. 
So I played music out the yin yang. I played anything, everything. I had all kinds of genres. I really just mixed it, matched it. And people liked it because we could go country for 20 minutes and then heavy metal, rock and roll. But I brought on a lot of artists that I saved that pocketbook for years. And then one of my good friends wanted to get out of the service, wanted to get in radio. And I said, no, hell no. Stay away from it. It's a mess. And he looks at me and goes, I already signed a contract. I'm like, oh, please, no, no. Okay, so um, here's what you do. Well, that didn't work out for him. He went and did it, and then uh, three or four weeks later, I get a knock at my door. Hey, come talk to me. It sucks. It, it it's awful. I can't get people on there. I don't know how to do this. I can't do that. And I was just like, okay, great. So I got sucked in, and for three years, we became one of the largest um, radio shows called Kilroy's Conversation in Dallas, Texas. Started going nationwide, and that's when we started getting. Um, the kickback from the uh, producers and from the from the radio station that you know stay where you're at you're not prime time etc 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 we own you blah 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 well mm-hmm. i decided to quit i went on my own i started kbj radio about the same time that uh, west was leaving um uh Walmart. i i started it in 2013 um went legal and everything in 2014 and for up until the pandemic I sit around and had uh, up to nine people in staff and, and had it. We went nationwide. Then we went worldwide. Um, I had three radio stations uh, concurrently running for three years um, then shut two of them down. Well, one and a half sports was one. Music was another one. Talk radio. And uh, my whole life for the last 20 something years has been in, in radio and music and in, in that industry. But the one thing that Wes and, and, and Robert talked about, hit it on earlier, was about how certain things that we go through our lives. You know, I started off as going into one thing is what my dad wanted me to do. Find one thing, go into it, right? And if it's not going to be what I did, we'll go into it. I remember the day when I figured out what I wanted to do and I needed to tell my dad. I thought, I, I won't say that I went to my dad thinking it was the most exciting thing I was ever going to say. But, but it was to me in my heart, right? And I told my dad I was going to become an entrepreneur. And my dad put his head down. He didn't give me a negative. He didn't give me an anger or anything. He just was like, well, you're never going to work like that for 41 years like I had at Vought Corporation if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You need to have sustainability. You need to have accountability. You need to, have, you need to make money and you need to put into your family. You need to you know do all these things. And I was like, okay, fine. Dad's not going to be having that. Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. And for years there, I was a serial entrepreneur, which is what Robert was talking about, having streams of income. I didn't care if it made $5. Yeah. I didn't care if it made $150. Whatever. Listen, when you're 20 years old and you're and you're getting close to your 30s, those 10 years are valuable assets a lot of people don't use until they get to their 30s, right? Yeah. So I just started having streams of income everywhere. I, I, I was making money. I was like, okay, I got 10,000 here. I got a hundred dollars here. I got $50 here. I didn't care where it came from. If it was a way to make a buck, I made a buck. Well, well yeah, it's funny, Art, uh, I, I know we have a lot of similarities over time. Uh, and you said something I, I was intrigued by. Well, two things. One, I love the entrepreneur answer. I, I think more people should answer like that these days because at least it's more open to what you eventually probably are going to do. Right. 
what? Because nobody in this country really likes working for a corporation itself. Not everybody. You and you look. All each of us have come into this or where we're at because of those things. And there's millions of people uh, that are in the same thing. I also found it intriguing because I thought my dad was the only one that still did that that was left on the planet. Dad, <laughs> government guy. You know, dad was the uh, assistant inspector general in the Bush and Clinton administrations for DOD and DOT, and literally worked for the government his entire life, retired, and actually still gets. Uh, retire like pension checks like nobody else gets them like who does that who works some right. 50 years or whatever i actually thought he was one of the only ones left so it was interesting that your dad uh, did the same yeah and i remember for for years there even when my dad was retired he's like now son as an entrepreneur just this is what you got you set up for i've got a pension plan check comes to me every month I've got my retirement plan, check comes to me every month. I got social security, check comes to me every month. Oh, and my service record, I got a check coming to me every month. I got four streams of multiple income. And I'm like, yeah, dad, what did you do all your life? You worked 41 years for one company. Okay, until you hit 42 years, you finally said, I'm gonna retire and I'm gonna start traveling. But you were already way older than you wanted to be. And then you realize that you missed the boat on some things. Well, I'm just saying that in my my 20s, my 30s, I'm going to try to explore. I don't know what I'm going to do long term. I'm going to be a Mike Rowe. He didn't know that at the time, but I'm going to do everything. Okay. Uh, Mike, I don't do the we, we talked, we didn't have that same conversation, but we did have the, well, look, I have all this and I have the, one of the biggest differences between me and my dad. Uh, my income is never hey, it's for sure all this way. But what I do know are my pensions and my backups are as if I did ever have to sell my company or if I did have to sell divisions of it. It's the same thing. It's just in different ways. Am right. I ever going to get a check from the government every month or whatever? No. But could I sell my company for a decent amount and have the same things over time? Yeah, sure. It's just a different outlook on how people achieve wherever they're at. Absolutely. You know? Well, Exactly. We're all human on the same planet, so there's going to be across the similarities across. All the breathe world. the same air. It's just yeah. a matter of when you're going to meet that next person, and then find out you have the same similarities, right? I love it. So enough about me. I am going to be the lead podcaster in this platform called the Mentor Project. Um, I'm not sure you listeners what you think the Mentor Project is, but it is a very simple term that we're going to mentor and help you, advise you, coach you, lead you, direct you, help you um in anything that we can do mentoring as a keyword started out helping uh it was versus old versus young and it was somebody who was an older value had experience and was able to share that knowledge with somebody of younger value so that they could experience that knowledge <clears throat> for them to grow up but today's world mentoring is all over the place um so wes i'm gonna ask you a question and then sure. I'll, then i'll go to to robert wes what does the mentor project mean to you? You know, we've done this for a year ish in different platforms of this and, um, and then develop this whole program. So what is it to you? What does it mean? It means to me that we get to answer questions that, um, <clears throat> a lot of particular, particularly youth, um, are seeking answers to. They have a lot of questions. They need them, those questions answered. And they need, um, you know, 
they need that support to help them take the next step in life. And I think that's where the mentor project and where we come in and kind of um, fulfill those needs for that particular generation and also the older ones who um, maybe uh, you know think that they have missed the boat in life and aren't quite sure what to do now that they're in their their senior years and um, you know that they're looking for looking for ways to make use out of their life and I think that's 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 the mentor project for us. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Robert. I'm going to yeah. ask you the same question. What is the mentor project? You, I know you came in later and I asked you, you and so kind of before you answer, there's a little backstory that I was going to say about Robert and I earlier. I, about six, eight months ago, uh, actually probably nine or 10 months ago, but we started having conversations about wanting to do something bigger and better and something different. It, it's, it's the post pandemic, right? Um, and Robert asked me um, at a certain time while I was going through cancer, when this is all said and done and we get to a caught up stage, we let's figure out something. Let's do something big. Let's do something that goes nationwide. Let's let's be a part of something. One is because we both get along very well. We both have a lot of things that we think about. We're in two different industries and we're two different people in two different states. But our thought process, our mentality and everything comes back down to the same page. We're human. And if you can't be human first, then you need to figure out what you are. Because until you, until you can't figure out that you're human, then you can't be a normal person in your life. I'm not talking, about, not talking about anybody else's. So I went to Robert for that reason and said, hey, I have this idea. I've asked Wes already. And so I presented the idea of him and he loved it. So now that you know all this, Robert, what does it mean to you? Yeah, it fits in perfect to you know, just my personal life and my business life. And I love how Wes starts off. He's talking about the young, and I'm, I'm waiting for him to say it. And I know he's going to, but he, he he waits till the end. But he finally says, and for people who are in the end, you know, the mentoring doesn't have to be young or the older. Some of the people I mentor are the older ones because of those exact reasons. They went off the track that they didn't want to. Now they're, a lot of them are at, hey, I can't repair this or I can't move on. No, most people live a long time these days. It's I don't know where you consider what's old anymore and when you have an entire baby booming nation that you know believes 50 55 is retirement and then they don't do anything for 20 or 30 years and they're living to 80 or 90 i you know to me there's all i think i see more people today that are in the mid to the end of their career that want to start again so yeah, yeah. one age set for me mentoring is not one age set i think it's always looking on what type of specialty someone's at? Is it something they're interested in? Have they been successful in it? Are they able to discuss about the goods and the bads? And I think if you have a, a bigger variety of people who have done different things, it's easier for them to comment because they can jump in and say, well, that kind of relates to this, but it's in a different way. And then you catch the entire spectrum because in the end, there's not a person on the face of this earth that doesn't need to be mentored or coaching. I will tell you one thing that uh, the big boss gary keller says all the time he's very passionate about it he says that anybody is su who is super successful well beyond i mean like he's talking about ceos and those guys and up he says if they don't have a coach there's something that's wrong because they're the ones that need a coach and a mentor more than anyone he takes one himself and i was always taken back by that i was always like that's incredible but his small statement there or big statement if you want to look at it that way 
everybody needs it. Everybody needs help. Yeah. Everybody has questions on something, whether it's your specialty or not, but your experience alone a lot of times can guide them to do the right thing for them. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, life coaching is such a valuable asset. Um, I don't think there's been a time greater than now for life coaches to really step out and, and um, you know, prov provide the service that really needs to be there, um, you know, moving forward, because there, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, spinning their wheels and they're unsure what to do with their life. Um, you know, whether it be impacts from COVID or they, um, you know, maybe they got pregnant, they're a single mom, and now they lost their job, right? right. So, so that there's all kinds of different people out there and um, being able to be that life coach for those, that type of people right now is extremely critical. I was always oh, yeah. taken back by my... So my brother, he, he's an executive with um, with Papa John's. Uh, he's another lifer. He's been he's been working for them since he was uh, 15 years old. And when he told me uh, a while back, well, I, mean, I would like to think that I'd been in the industry, my industry long enough. He's been in his industry long enough that I mean, it's not like we never listen because we know no one's not always right. You know, you always there's always someone with a different perspective. But then again, you know, we're like, I really need someone telling me what to do this or that. And a few years ago. He had told me he was doing that. I was like, really? I go, what are y'all talking about? And she, he was like, God, he goes, mine asked me, started getting on my kids and I started getting upset. And then when I listened to her, she's like, wow, she's right. So he's very, he would be the same as me and even further from that. But when he started talking about it, I started paying a lot more attention and I'll be damned if I'm everybody I know who's in that type of position didn't have it because in the end, I almost think that you have to bounce it off of somebody else and say, Hey, look, oh, absolutely. You see it like this. I'm not saying yeah. I'm going to listen to you perfectly, but am I off when I do that? And that's something I've adapted in my life, but there's a lot of times when I send something out controversial, I'm like, Hey, am I, am I way off or, you know, and I don't need them to tell me what to write, but I do want them to say, you better be prepared for this. And I'm like, if I'm prepared for it, then good. And it's crazy. I was gonna say it's crazy that you mentioned that because uh, one of a one of the good female friends of mine that I have is a is what you would call an influencer or a social influencer, and uh, so she does really well for herself with the different uh, avenue like financial streams that she does for herself. Uh, one of them being a model, but. Uh, I found myself in a predicament where she was sending me long messages that she was going to write up and post with some of her, with her social media posts, like her Instagram posts. She was like paragraphs of stuff that she was wanting to, to post with her image. She was sending me all this data saying, oh, what do you think about this? And wanting my critique of what she was going to post. So now I'm the sounding board to her. And, and yeah, I just find that, um, you know, pretty bizarre that somebody that's a social influencer uh, is finding comfort in me. We're uh, never always right. You know, we, we, we yeah. can write the best thing down and go, that's it. And someone goes, well, no, what about this and that? It's almost like you want that person. You want You them. do. That's you where do. I think this, this whole podcast really 
and this production falls into place because no well, we're all this there, i have a couple of three takeaways from all this because robert just started hitting right on it we we all have a a spouse or a friend or somebody that's in our lives that we can sound bite off of i do it with my wife all the time every once in a while i go to one of my friends and every once in a while i'll go to one of my colleagues which brings up three good points that i just uh, observing to you guys one of my really close colleagues um which runs one of the nonprofits, he's a founder of it he was a force retired from a very large company one of the largest in the united states and um he found himself retired and he was going to stay retired but you know what ended up happening he ended up being a consultant to ceos and and and, and lead people lead leadership people uh in different companies and so it's interesting robert said something about you know it's hard one thing for a CEO to side on himself and go, hey, I need help. Okay. Now, what this guy does is he just listens. And, and I'll give you a small little bullet point. It's just last week. All of a sudden, he gets a text message. Hey, listen, we just need 15 minutes of your time. I know you're out on a mission. I know you're busy. But I, we have a very important meeting in the morning. And we cannot do the meeting without having your advice. Yeah. And I'm like. That's a great example of the person you're talking about. That, right. You're, great example because you're talking about someone who those people would be like i don't need to listen to that particular person but when right. they really do they're like maybe i should maybe, maybe I, I should, should. exactly so uh, that leads me into concluding for this podcast is myself for years i've always said a couple of things that i know a lot of my friends love i always said live life don't let life live you and that could mean something different to everybody and for me it meant that there's better things in this life than to worry about things you can't control. Yeah. Right. So I tell people all the time when I'm, when I'm leading them that a lot of them, my friends and colleagues are in military and they come, they've come out of military two years, nine years, 20 years, whichever tour, however long they've been. And, and they're just, they have this, uh, this, this objective that they have to put a task in front of them. They've got, okay, I'm done with the military. Now, what do I do? Right. And, and so you, excuse the analogy, but in the, in the world of military, I call it the oh shit moment, right? So they have this freak out moment, which creates a lot of PTS and anxiety problems over, oh, I got bills. Oh, I got a wife. I got kids. I got this. My, everybody, my buddies want to go drinking. My bike, my buddies want to go ride a bike. They've got so many directions that they're being pulled, but no one's guiding them. No one's directing them. And so they just try to find the best possible road they can get on. And a lot of them, it works. Unfortunately, a lot of them, it doesn't. So I try to tell a lot of them a couple of things, right? Live life, don't live life, live you. Only control what you can control. If you can't control it, put it to the side or get rid of it, right? You only need to focus on those things because those are the only things in front of you. Now, that leads me to the last thing I'll say. It's one of my new favorite things to say. And let me tell you, sometimes I say it in a different way. But when I say it, people come and look at me and they think, and I can't tell you how many people, when I tell you the third thing out of these three, that they'll look at me and go, mm -mm, that's wrong. Nope, I can do that. I can change. Yep. And I'll have to explain to them again, their mentality and their thought process is wrong. Here it is. You can't change your past, people. You can't. It happened already. Three minutes ago, you set your coffee down. Three minutes ago, you had to go to the bathroom. Three minutes ago, you wrecked your car. Three minutes ago, you were told some good news or some bad news. Guess what? You can't change it. Yeah, past it's, is always prologue. It's right there in front of you, right? I even saw something today Matthew McConaughey, say, McConaughey said. He said, 
We need to forget the word unbelievable because believe it, it's right in front of you. Yeah. It's not unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's right in front of you, whether it's bad or good, it's right there. It's believable. So unbelievable needs to be taken out of the vocabulary. Number two, you can't change the future. And they look at me and go, yeah, I can change the future. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can only change today. Right now, if you change today, and if you're thinking I can change tomorrow and you haven't written it down, you're okay. You're, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. But if you haven't written it down and you're in your mind, you're thinking I can change tomorrow. Guess what? You just procrastinated. You're not going to change tomorrow if you don't change today. I can see where you get that look. I do, because that opens up a huge. It know, does. It does. But your theory is right. It, 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 it's not that it, it's today, right? It's the future, it's the present. Now, so if you don't do it. Now I see it. I can understand that. The three of us can sit here and say, okay, we're going to do another show. Okay. That's going to be a given. We're going to have an episode two and we're going to have episode 100, whatever that is, we're going to have it. Right. That's not procrastination. That's not the concept. That's not a business concept either. If you're thinking about where your goals and where you're going, those are goals and, and uh, acquisitions and changes and things you're going to make along your business transaction. I'm talking about on a personal level. In order for you to achieve and get somewhere, you can't focus on the past and you can't focus on the future. You can only focus today. And if you make it today, it'll go on tomorrow. Now, here's the important part. My number three. This is the hard one for people. So you can't change yesterday and you can't change tomorrow. So all you can do is change today, right? But if you don't put something down today of a change you want to make tomorrow, tomorrow's not going to happen. Tomorrow will happen the next day or the next day or the next day. And then you're going to find yourself in a situation that you're probably in in your life. You don't have that long-term job you had. You don't have the long-term marriage that you had. You don't have the long-term friendships that you have. You have emotions all over the place. You are torn in many different directions. You are convoluted in your mind because you can't think straight. When you start thinking that way, you lead yourself into the path where you're not happy. Yeah. So I try to tell people in the military world, if you want to find happiness, you find it within and you find it today because yeah. One of my favorite songs, and it's a bad song, but I turn it into a, a good song, and it's from Five Finger Death Punch, and um, and it's um, I now I can't think of the name of the song. I'm gonna have to go look it up. It's gonna drive me nuts that I can't, I can't figure out this song. So we're gonna continue talking while I actually go look up this song because um, this song, when I hear it, I hear the words he's saying. I do. Um. And I, and I hear where he's trying to go and how bad his life is, et cetera, et cetera. But when you listen to the words, you can actually take this uh, in a different direction. Yeah, and negativity is a complex thing to move around. And, and it consumes uh, many people and it goes into deeper problems. And it's, it's a terrible catch-22 because the person who has the negativity is already suffering from it, but the person who doesn't want the negativity, negativity is trying to eliminate it. So it's a terrible mix. And, and it's, it's a struggle constantly to try to, you know, maintain where you don't have it, but God, it's all around you. you know? Yeah. So the song is called a little bit off. Now it starts off with, I woke up today. Am I a little bit off today? 
and everybody's bugging him. People are calling him and people are, he's got, he's got uh, appointments he's got to make. He's got all kinds of things that are weighed on him to do today, but he woke up this morning. He's a little bit off and, and it's, it's a little bit of foul language to the song, but the point is, is that some days you can just be off. It's okay to be off. Just move away from me. When I tell you that I'm off, move away from me and let me be me. Right. But on the, it's only you that you can find on your inner circle. And so for me, when I lead all this, what I've been saying to the mentor project, it all relates to the three of us having the same philosophy, the same path and thought process, helping people, guiding people, mentoring and coaching people. And I, I want to leave today with this. And, and it goes back to what I just said. You can't change yesterday. You can't change tomorrow. You can only change today. So if there is something you're wanting to do, somewhere you're wanting to go, someone you want to talk to, someone's life you want to change, someone's life that lost, something you want to share, it doesn't matter what it is, but focus on it today. Because if you're going to put the focus off tomorrow, you're back to procrastination. And guess what? If you look up procrastination, if you don't know what that means and you're an adult, um, you've got an issue because procrastination means you're never going to achieve it. It's, it's never going to complete. Okay. So my name is Mark Warner. I'm here with Wes Badke and I'm here with Robert Mesh. And we appreciate your 57 minutes of time. It's a little bit longer today listening to the Mentor Project. This is and will conclude episode 001. Kudos Yay, to the Mentor Project. So go to thementorproject.live. That's dot L-I-V. Um, yes, the dot com was taken. So mentor, thementorproject.live. You'll go out there and you'll see this podcast. You'll see our videos and stuff in the future. You'll see our little bios and stuff out there. You'll see what our next podcast is. And oh, and by the way, our podcast is available on 11 different platforms now. From Apple to Google to Spotify to Stitcher. Um, I, I can't even remember all of them. There's 11 of them out there. Wes, do you have any final comments you want to say before we conclude and then cut it out? Uh, I'd just like to say thanks for the opportunity you guys uh, brought here uh, today. And uh, I look forward to many more podcasts with you two fellas. Awesome. Robert. Yeah, the content, podcasts are driven by content, content that's really strong and helpful. And, you know, with mentoring, it, it's a bag that just keeps getting filled with more and more content that never gets old. The show could go on for as long as we want it to be because there's just so much information out there. So uh, I'm like 500% positive uh, the audience growth will really be extensive as we continue because there's always going to be something that they're picking up on. And the more interested they get, the more they're going to talk about it and the more they're going to come Absolutely. back. Exactly. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Wes. And as we conclude and end this 001 podcast, yep, number one podcast, The Mentor Project, we would ask you to go to thementorproject.live. Go to our social media on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, which is where we have our social media app. Um, you have your three mentors here. And for that, thank you. We are The Mentors. See you on the next show. Next Bye, guys. Time. You've been listening to The Mentor Project Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you're at it, help spread the word by leaving a five-star review. 
Visit TheMentorProject.live for the latest blog updates and find us on social media at The Mentor Project Live. Mm-hmm.